0: Peacock Streaming. The biggest sports and live events on the planet. From Super Bowl 56. What a game this is. To complete coverage of the Winter Olympics. Streaming every event, every day. Yeah. It's all the unprecedented. United States wins gold. Unstoppable. Sensational. Unbelievable. Sports to love. Sign up now at peacocktv.com. Mirror man, mirror man. You twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good morning and welcome to a European edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. We said we do on the whistle. It's not quite on the whistle. Both of us had busy days but my word, was it worth it? Because we are here on a glorious Thursday evening, celebrating an Arsenal win. And I am joined by Matt Candela. How you doing, Matt?
1: Very good, Pete. Very good. Excited to be through to the quarterfinals. Season is still alive.
0: The season is still alive. And because the European season is still alive, that kind of keeps us slightly interested in the Premier League as well. There's something to something to play for. So that's exciting. Uh, so we're just gonna let's just jump right in to the game. Uh, a mixed bag of emotions give me your give me a hot take
1: yeah i mean um I'm, I'm just relieved that we're through obviously and um like a late winner is always immensely satisfying and i think given the amount of traveling that have been done given the given the stupidity of playing a home game <laughs> in greece uh and everything that's gone with it all you can really do is uh is is be pleased that that, with, that we're that through. I don't think you can be too negative about anything else, to be honest.
0: Yeah, my, um, I don't even know whether I have a hot take. I was I was so furious. I, I I I I feel like I feel like I'm being victimized watching Arsenal. Sometimes I feel like you know I've got lots of grievances. Every we get punished to the max every time we make a mistake, um, and. It felt like refereeing decisions weren't going our way. That offside against Yang, you're like, this is just yeah. gonna, this is going to be one of those nights. And one of my friends messaged me at halftime. He's going, we're going to get fucked over here. And um, I don't know. There was something about that uh, that second goal that they scored and that celebration, and it just like it just felt like that was going to be ringing in my head for the next few weeks. But fair play to the players. Um, they pulled it out of the bag. They shaped up. They never gave up. Scoring a goal in the eighty ninth minute or you know whenever it was felt it, it, it felt important like they still cared and watching them celebrate like it was a cup final, like some people criticized that, but look, the season we're having that that was a cup final last night that was um you know they 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 kicked the can down the road with regards to uh getting criticized in the press, but you know we're we're through to the last sixteen there's some tasty size, I think it'd be exciting,
1: yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is it kept the season alive didn't it that was. I mean, if we were sat here now out of the Europa, my God, can you imagine what the response would be on social media? And let's face it, it would just be a miserable, slow clap all the way to the end of the season. Whereas, you know, Mikel Arteta has basically got a bit of a get-out-of-jail card. You know, we are uh, two games away from a semi-final. And and if we can get to the semi-final, then then, then we've got a hell of a chance of of going on and winning it, I think. So, um, really, really just, just was, was, was so crucial. Um, and I think the other important piece is we're seeing, we're seeing, he's stumbled across, you know, his, this new, this sort of almost like a new team, which is this Obama Yang up top. And then these three behind, I don't think it's any coincidence that he's played that team, you know, three, three games out of four or whatever, uh, he obviously thinks that this is the way forward for him. It's definitely a formation that I think we as fans like, especially when you can get Thomas Partey and Xhaka, uh behind those three. It's the best it can be right now. Um, and then that solid defence. And, and I think it would be a massive vindication that we're on the right track if we could put some results together in the league. We're not going to get above eighth, I don't think, or tenth, really. It's going to be really, really tricky. But if we can put some runs in the league and make a big push on the Europa, um, it will be a decent foundation for for next season.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. And uh, because part of the part of the run into the end of the season, it's not about whether we make the top four, because I don't think that that's on the cards. Now it's like, all right, the season's been horrific. If you accept that the season up till December was horrific, what have we seen after it? like i know that i'm 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 leaning on those uh those those terrible tables where it was like Wenger won the premier league if you look at it as a calendar year or the half year or whatever but <laughs> you know if if we accept that rookie co- coaches make mistakes if we accept that the pandemic has been terrible and we look at performances since christmas um we're still pretty defensively solid uh, we're top 3 for um for for goals per game and we're fifth points per game but i would i worried that if we lost today that might crater. And then you know, I kept on having it in the back of my mind that you and I have been talking about. This is potentially another death spiral for, for Arteta. Yes. And it's unfair because, you know, like it wasn't really expected that we'd lose against Manchester City. But to lose against a, a fairly weak Benfica side in the manner that it looked like we were going to lose, you just felt like that, that would really drain any positive narrative that you'd have around uh, Arteta going into the season so I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that we won but I, I, I did want to talk about um, I did want to talk about some aspects of the game um, I, I wanted to talk about fatigue just in general because you know I, I like watching other managers talk about uh, the season especially you know more experienced season managers and they all they, they all Comment on how nuts this season has been. I think Klopp has really suffered off the back of it, and he complains a lot. Mourinho has been talking about it. Pep, even Pep Guardiola, sitting where he's in the league, is complaining about it. And a lot of the criticism about the performance tonight was, you know, we were we were slow at passing out, and players looked tired. But you do you do have to kind of remember, like playing against Leeds. Uh, in, it, 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 even when you win 4-1, that, that's, that's hard running in the most physical league in the world. Then you go to Benfica away, get next to no sleep, have to deal with Manchester City chasing shadows for 90 minutes. And then you go away to Greece. I mean, what, what's Greece? Four, four and a half, five hour flight? And then yeah. you have to show up again. Like, it's not surprising that they're knackered. And now they've got to play Leicester on Sunday. And Leicester lost to Slavia Prague tonight. They went out of the competition. They played basically a, a, a full team. J- James Madison wasn't there, but he's injured, which is a bit of luck for us going into Sunday. But nobody's really escaping fatigue. And I, I feel like sometimes we're a little bit inward looking um, when we yeah. judge leggy performances.
1: Well, I think the other thing is professional sport is all about the finest of margins. You know, there's not a huge amount of difference between, you know, a top international class striker and uh, sort of first a championship striker. It's maybe like 1% or 2% consistently. And, um, and I think the level of fatigue, the lack of rest that players are getting is definitely impacting um, a lot of the game. I mean, it's not just the travel. It's the travel. It's the disruption to sleep. Uh, it's, you know, any number of things. So, being, away, um, being away
0: from your family and... Well,
1: that might be good. But
0: uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I would. I, if I could do away days at work right now, I would be out that door, let me tell you.
1: But but yeah, so I, th- I think it's playing playing a big role. And it was interesting to hear Arteta say that Saka is very fatigued at the moment. Uh, I mean, it sounded like the fabled red zone that Benga used to talk about. And it's unsurprising. And there is definitely a case for his long term welfare for him to. Maybe get a break and be rested, um, and maybe that should happen this weekend. It sounded like maybe it will happen this weekend, um, because um, we have to look at the long term. Uh, we have to we have to look at him. We have to look at Smith Rowe, who again is he had a break last weekend, but you know he's just coming to the team. He's super young, and he's played ten games on the bounce. You know, ninety minutes a lot of the time. So we, we've got to we've got to protect our players through this period because we can't afford to. There 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 are there are two or three players that we 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 will we will not get through the Europa without.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. I, I think the, the 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 pinnacle of the red zone was Jack Wilshire fifty four yeah. games when he was eighteen, and let's be honest, he never recovered from yeah. from that. Uh, and. I think that you could probably play someone like Martinelli against Leicester, who will be slightly deflated and tired after going out of that. Like his power and pace game would probably be pretty good. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about some of the um, other concerns from the game. I felt like it, I don't know, like you have to remember fatigue causes, uh, you know, mental tiredness as well. But it was quite alarming, the amount of mistakes in the system last night. Um, David Luiz and Gabriel almost looked like they were arguing on the pitch at times. Gabriel has looked quite erratic for the last three months, in my opinion. Well, I
1: think, yeah, I mean, I think what was interesting was, I don't know if you saw the Benfica manager's rant
0: afterwards. He he went nuts. He
1: He He went nuts, but he was talking about the impact of COVID and players who had had COVID at one point. And, you know, I don't think you can underestimate it. And I thought it was a really, really valid point because, you know, we, we all know people who have had COVID and many of them are still, um, struggling with what sound like relatively small side effects, like not being able to taste things, uh, not being, uh, like like some fatigue and stuff like that but again this professional sport and i don't think you can you can uh downplay the effect that having a virus can have on you and your aerobic capacity especially and uh missing training uh for a period of time uh your mental sharpness all of those things so i think that gabriel is suffering a bit of a covid hangover and i think he's it feels like he's slowly getting back to it. Um, I think the fact that he's playing is proof that um, you know, I said he probably thinks he's his best defender when he's on form and is trying to like play him play him back into play him back into into form. And let's be honest, after the centre halves we've had over the, the last decade, even a sort of slightly sluggish uh, post long COVID Gabriel is probably better than most defenders we've got.
0: Yeah, and you kind of felt like the the reason that he picked those two tonight is that he knew that Benfica were going to play a, a deep block, and he needed these big passers to be able to thread balls.
1: Yeah, I mean David Luiz. Is David Luiz, isn't he? It's just come from uh, the
0: territory. Five oh, good, one terrible.
1: Yeah, he's normally pretty good in the big games. Uh, it, it's it's the smaller games he can be he can be terrible in.
0: Yeah, and. I, I, I was. I felt. I felt sorry for Sabios and it, I, I like him, but that. I mean, he hasn't had a final ball like that going forward all season. And... Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I've I've had one of one of my best mates, Arsenal season ticket holder, and me agree to disagree on Sabios. I personally think we should just give him back to Real Madrid, and just think there's far better ways of spending twenty five million than bringing him keeping him uh my friend's opinion is uh you're not going to do much better than Danny Sabios for the money and he's, he's 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 a good player uh and has a number of good games so um uh uh so we'll see right um yeah he's i
0: think he's uh, I think he's a tidy player. I just still don't exactly see what his purpose is in that midfield and I think when you 've got a limited player like Jacker and we find you know it 's kind of Sabias works well on his own um sorry, it works well with party Jacker works well with party, but the two of them combined is problematic. And I think that if there is an opportunity to give one of those problems back to Madrid and find somebody that has the right physicality, can move at the right speed and, you know, grow into the role, like I would I would rather give a Basuma or someone like that.
1: Well, yeah, that's what, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I'd rather invest the money in a proven premiership player than have someone who maybe appears from the outside to be a more sophisticated player but actually sometimes you just need people who work in the system and can play in the premiership um and you know you just look at how Liverpool have recruited so successfully in that way
0: um and you think and you wonder like whether that's there's, there's an
1: opportunity for, for us to do that.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And it's the only shame is that we're so skint at the moment, it's almost impossible to imagine that you could extract a player like Basuma for the £25 million that Madrid are apparently asking for, for Ceballos. But, um, yeah,
1: and you worry that Real Madrid could easily say something like, well, if you want Odegaard on loan for another year, you've got to buy Ceballos now. You know, all that sort of stuff that that goes on in all these deals
0: yeah exactly exactly and um and talking of uh, odegaard i wanted to i wanted to put this to you odegaard and uh smith Rowe don't look like they can play together at the moment am i am i too early on that have, have we got frank lampard and steven gerrard uh, is it 2006 again have we well have we i got-
1: just, i mean at the moment it's it's sort of okay. I just think we I mean, I personally would would like to see Smith Rowe play in, in the central position and Odegaard try out try try himself out, out left. I just feel like we're pushing our I think Smith Rowe's a better player than Odegaard. Call yeah. it call that controversial.
0: I like I, I think he's he's got he's got, he's so fast, isn't he? <laughs> He's such a powerful, um, <sighs> such a powerful player. Pops up everywhere. I just yeah. remember he's a little bit restricted. Erdegaard is a little bit Meza ozil uh,
1: A little bit, yeah. And, he's, you know, he, he looks nice and he does a lot of nice touches. But there's something I just, I love about Smith-Rowe. Do you remember when, it when, uh, I mean, Benger's always done that to players. He always puts them out on the left. Do you remember he used to, that's how he used to bring central midfielders through. Aaron Ramsey yeah. spent a load of time out on the left. Uh, it, it's like an educational area for for Austin and Wenger. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting. Arteta seems to really like him, doesn't he? Like straight off the bat, he seems to be a big, have got a fan. He's given him the minutes. Um, he yeah. has
0: a he he like when he pulls the trigger on a final ball, it's sublime. I, I know that that um, that pass for. Aubameyang being offside was stunning. He's got oh. it in his locker. He feels a little bit like um, uh, s- slightly risk-averse at the moment. Like he doesn't... Yeah. He's not... He, he's, he's, he's more focused on efficiency than he is making the daring moves. But it takes a while to adapt to a new team. And I think, again, we have to remember that. He's been living in Spain. He's been sitting on the bench in Madrid. And now, all of a sudden, he's in like these... Blood and guts games for Arsenal, trying to keep us in the fucking Europa League of all places.
1: Well, I think it's interesting. Like, I think we're so much better with the handbrake off. Um, and I think this is going to be another big question for for Arteta. Is you know we were we were up against it. We we're two one down. We needed to score two goals to stay in the the competition. And we played, We took the handbrake off and went for it. Um, and you know, that that feels a little bit uh like anti Arteta in a way. he doesn't seem to he's not a coach who likes going for it in that way. He likes more control. Um but it's as a fan, it was so much more satisfying to see that sort of drive and determination and passion. And no one does that better than Kieran Tierney. Uh, he just yeah, mate, he's him and Saka. It was just great to see them drag us drag us over the line.
0: Yeah, Kieran Tierney really is uh, captain material, in my opinion. Uh, I love him. Yeah, he 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 he, lo- he loves to win. He never stops. Like if we can just keep him fit, because he feels like it, we really need a, a backup left back this summer that can actually slip in and and. and and, and do the do the right thing because I, I fear that he's another one that it's almost like you can't not have him on team sheet.
1: Yeah, no, we've got to find. I mean, I think we might have a good left back in, in coming through for some reason. Is Cottrell, there? Is it say Is That his name?
0: No, um, the guy on loan in Germany.
1: Yeah, I think so. Wasn't he? Isn't he a left back? I'm not anyway, I thought we had a decent left back coming through, but you know, someone who can. Um, just play some of the easier home games when we're back when we're back with fans and you know a bit like Gail Clichy used to do for Ashley Cole, uh, you know just 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 give him a breather and make sure that we wrap him up in cotton wool a bit.
0: We've also got to uh, um, acknowledge that he calls his uh, he calls the leg he scored with tonight the gun. <laughs> I love that. I love that. He's got a tweet out there, the gun. <laughs> I, I, so it would, it would be re- remiss not to talk about the main talking point after every single Arteta substitution. Why William? But today, <sighs> a broken clock is correct twice a day. He, <laughs> he fucking He opened them up. There were eight players. No, no. There were nine Benfica players in the box when Willian picked out Tierney. I don't want to call it an amazing assist, but it was an assist. Tierney had to do a lot off the back of it. But Arteta's rationale was: it was a tight game, it was a deep block, and Willian is one of our, uh, the best players in tight spaces. Do we, are we buying that, or can we? Can no, no, we, we afford can't. not to buy it? that
1: we can't we it's better for us that we get something out of William because he's not going anywhere for three years or two years so we have to get off this soapbox and we have to start trying to get some form out of him because he's, ju- he's just not going anywhere yeah, um, true. um i can't stand the guy um but you know maybe this maybe a bit of confidence will help him and you know if he scores the winner in the Europa Cup final, then it was worth signing him. So that's football,
0: right? Yeah. And I also got some intel that actually he's he's not he's not really downing tools. Everyone at the training ground really likes him. He trains really hard. But I think I think the reality is he's just an old player. And I I, yeah. I, I don't I don't think Arteta understood what he was Purchasing Well, I let's
1: be it? let's be honest, I don't think Arteta had a clear vision of what he was of his system at the beginning of the season. Like if you go back and you go, I mean it, it, it's quite banger-esque. And maybe and maybe it's just all managers, you've got to like you sort of stumble across it, but we've had so many iterations, like we had the counter-attacking team of last season. Yeah. Then the beginning of the season we had like the
0: Fine margin shit housing
1: fine fine margin shit housing um but you know um no create- very little creative players all like the whole team like a hard working team um then we had and then and then we shifted gears, and now we've got this sort of like the three behind obama yang with the with the with the two with the pair of midfield like pivots um and but what is the system? I mean, if you, well, it, it, it's it's, change, it's changing all the time, right? Uh, but one thing's for sure, Willian doesn't suit where we've
0: ended up. No, no, he doesn't. But I think he would. He'd probably suit if he was fast, right? Oh <laughs> well, like, well, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure any player that slow uh, is is going to suit a Mikel Arteta system. But the the point is, at, at least we're. Um, at least that season doesn't hinge on it. At least we found something within the. the, the yeah, the you could see Willie, of...
1: you could you could see Willian working work quite well in a four four two.
0: Yeah, yeah. I you just want, I just hope that 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 assist doesn't open up ten games of trying <laughs> to get it out of him again.
1: Oh God, I know. But I, look, I think he's he's definitely going to get the start on uh, on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I, I know, but this is the other thing. It's like, yeah, sure, okay, you know, it, it on on paper it pays to get the most out of him because we're spending so much fucking money on his contract. But on the on the other flip side of things, wouldn't you rather see Martinelli out there? Hundred percent. And I, I, what I, Martinelli's gone from? Oh my god, Martinelli's injured. We're fucked. To is it one bad afternoon against Aston Villa, and we've barely seen him since. What's the what's the logic behind that? Like, if you've if you've got a fatigued team, surely a live wire like Gabriel Martinelli is is what you need. Well,
1: that's the thing because Arteta basically tried to insinuate that it's because he needs to bring him back slowly because of injury. But then right. at the same time, you're like, yeah, but you're prepared to burn Saka. <laughs> like, it's not yeah. like it's not like there's a principle and the principle very important. And it, Tom,
0: Thomas Party even like l- looks uh, Arteta in the right way, and it's like, "Are you okay?" He's like, "No, I lost my I lost my leg in a car crash." He's like, "Get on that pitch, son."
1: Yeah, he's desperate to get him so, playing, but he is so good, isn't he?
0: Isn't he good? That, like the, the the difference in class, that the, the gulf between the centre midfielders that we've got right now, and Thomas Party comes in. He's press resistant. You know that if he gets two players around him, that ball is not getting lost, and you can't say yeah. the same of our other midfielders. So, yeah, and that's that's also another a real positive thing. You know, heading heading into the the the, the final run, Thomas Partey it should be fresh.
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> he should. He should be, shouldn't he? He's played about twenty minutes all season.
0: Played twenty minutes all season. So you know, we go into Sunday. He's going to start uh maybe we start Martinelli through the middle oh no he's gonna play Aubameyang right because Aubameyang has found a little bit of form
1: uh or or he might play
0: Lacazette he might play Lacazette yeah Lacazette's gone from oh wow we we found a role for Lacazette he gets all the young kids buzzing on the pitch and then he's like binned immediately when um comes back but I guess if you don't score goals and you're a striker that's kind of the thing yeah so, uh, uh, but,
1: but, it's, uh, but it's now a big game, right? On Sunday, it's like, if we win, well, we're on a roll. I, and we lose. You... Uh, well, the other thing, it's going to be interesting. We're going to have to look at the fixtures, but if we get through the quarters, then suddenly we're going to be resting players for the league games and keeping everyone, making sure that everyone's fresh and ready for these Europa, Europa games.
0: Yeah, I know. And um, if if you look at the... The fixture list well if let's let's look at the teams let's talk about the the amazing roster of teams that we could be uh, could get games against uh Ajax uh, Dinamo Zagreb Dinamo Kiev Granada Man United Milan Molda Olympiacos Rangers Roma Shakhtar Slavia Prague Spurs Young Boys Villarreal Villarreal so you got there's quite a lot of interesting narratives there. The ones that I want to avoid, I don't want to play Unai Emery in the Europa League. Just <laughs> I, 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 like can you can you imagine the fucking shit I'd get on t- Twitter when Don Good Evening smashes Arteta over two legs, six 0 I d- don't think I could live with it. I honestly don't think I could live with it. But you know, it's going to be Villarreal, it's going to be Spurs, or it's going to be United in the next round.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be one of those three,
0: or uh, Ivan Gazidis, or, or, or Roma, oh, or Roma. Yeah, or Roma. I think. Well, I think the the hope is that you get obviously you get a weak team, but whoever you get is a short plane journey.
1: Well, well actually, other... you don't even
0: know, do you? Because you don't know where you're going to be playing. Like two away legs again, wouldn't be great.
1: Yeah, I mean, the hope is that Spurs and United can get knocked out by someone else. Uh, in the next round and get some hard draws, or even that they play each other and we get rid of one of them, um, and then and then get the luck of the draw, basically. Yeah, but uh, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't. I don't want to play a British team. I think they're the toughest teams in it.
0: Yeah, So the tougher two teams left is uh, it, it will be Spurs and United, in, in my opinion. I, I never really like uh, playing a Shakhtar either. I think that they're a, a, a well-drilled. Organized team usually.
1: Well, you're, you're normally alright at home, but away is always a nightmare. It's not. It's not that hard to get beat three 0 away at Shakhtar, you know. But you normally win four one at home. Um, so, so it's it's a lottery,
0: exactly. So, what do you think in the league, Leicester City? Also, let's just talk about it before we get into it. I told you and Johnny that the narrative was Europa League putting Brendan Rogers out. I've had a victory already. Yeah. It feels like I'm on. Top. I
1: always, I never, I didn't think we'd go out to Benfica though. Uh, All right. I, I always thought we'd beat Benfica. I mean, this fucking Benfica. Uh, and it's not 1991 again.
0: You're, um, you're going to start getting worried though. If, if we beat Leicester on Sunday, are you going to start thinking, wow, Pete's cracked the narrative for once. Oh,
1: it, it, it if we beat Leicester on Sunday, it'll be the first bit of breathing space we've had in a while. I just feel like we never get any breathing space because even the, win- the little winning run we went on at the beginning of this year, it was all against shit teams. It didn't really tell us anything apart from the Chelsea result and they were a mess at the time. There was nothing to point to a better long-term future. Whereas beating Leicester and beating Benfica in consecutive games would begin to be more of an indication that we're on the right track.
0: Beating um, Le- Leicester will be absolutely huge yeah. this weekend, and I I think that uh, like the Leicester got beaten by a shit team today. They played all of their star names. Vardy, um, Vardy started. Um, they've got no James Madison. I think they're there for the taking at the weekend. I just I just don't know where we're going to summon the energy. But if we get through that game. It's um, it's six days until the Burnley game. After that, yeah. and then there's a, a, another gap heading into um, heading into the Spurs game. So, you, if we get through Leicester, then you start going. Okay, Arteta's got some time on the training pitch. It's not snowing in the UK, so they'll actually get out there. <laughs> um, Saka can be put in a little ball of cotton wool and put in some sort of cryogenic chamber to recover. And then we're on the run.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're right, and I think. I'm excited because suddenly you go. That Leicester game is the most important game of our season.
0: Yeah, it is. It is, and then but the, the, the yeah. annoying thing is, then you win the Leicester game. If you beat Spurs and Burnley, then you start going top four's on, lads. Top four could be on if we did this, this, and this. A big, a big if. But I'm getting carried away because one victory <laughs> feels like a a massive thing at the moment in this fucking absolutely horrendous season.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's it's gone top four.
0: All right, Matt. Well, thank you for jumping on this podcast so late at night. It was a pleasure yeah. as always. Um, we will be back on Sunday. When's uh, the draw
1: for the Europa?
0: The draw for the Europa is—I don't know. I think it, it said it says on the website March, but I'm not sure. I'm sure it will come out. Um, but March isn't that far away. Yeah, it said March is the draw, but I'm, I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited too. Look, it's a cup run. It was—I was watching it on um, CBS, and they—they were—they were like. Arsenal are a cup team. They're a brilliant cup team. I was like, oh my God, this is like the cup winner's cup thing again.
1: Wow. Well, well, you, you know, I went back because I was like this, I've got a little bit of a feeling. It's just, it's just something in my bones that this reminds me a little bit of the cup winner's cup run in 1994. And we went on to beat Palmer Ooh. and we were obviously, and we were languishing in mid table all season. Um obviously, alan smith scored the winner and the rest is history but do you know the team we played in the last 16
0: that year torino no it was adenza adenza oh shit last 16 yeah it was adenza torino psg yeah uh
1: and then so adenza and and we won three two
0: Oh, it would be. It would, wouldn't it, I don't give a shit. If we it, if we win the Europa League this year and backdoor it into the Champions League, that would be the ultimate shithouse of the season.
1: Oh, it would be,
0: <laughs> it'd be absolutely disgusting.
1: It would be great, wouldn't it?
0: Oh, I would love it. I would love it. And I, I might read, isn't there some weird, uh, isn't there some other weird third tier competition next year? Yeah, like the Euro- it's like the Europa Conference. The Europa Conference. Oh, mate, apparently Spurs get into it if they win uh, the League Cup.
1: It's just somewhat weird. That's just a competition that you don't want to be invited to.
0: Like, if, if you work in branding or advertising and they're like, what should we call this third-tier shitty competition? <laughs> call it, like, the, the 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 SpaceX wizard competition. You don't call it the conference. Nothing says... It's like you know, trying to call a luxury product value. No one's buying.
1: Yeah. No, and I, yeah, I mean, we were just talking, I think pre pod about the final of the Europa and saying, um, you know, they need to put these put these finals in some great stadiums. Like it's in some back end stadium in uh, some backwater stadium in Poland. It's like, why are they not playing the Europa League final? At, uh, uh, the the new camp or uh you know what like one of one of the one of the best stadiums
0: instead it's just it's just low end it's it's also brutal because you know it, when they move the world cup into different continents you're like okay well uh, africa likes football asia likes football um america likes football but when you, when you put um when you put these put the games in these stadiums where n- none of their teams have a chance of making it. It's it's just an expense. It's like an extravagance. But I guess like the the football federations, it's, you know, all dodgy deals and, and, and yeah. whatever goes you know, out.
1: You know what would be, this is completely off topic, but you know what would be fun would be uh, the winner of the Europa playing like the winner of the MLS. There's something completely, uh, it's a bit like a different Super Cup
0: yeah, that would be. That, didn't they just play it? Oh, kind of like the. Didn't they just like, do that? We well, could, we
1: could, we could play Miami or something. Oh, we be we not nice. <laughs> it?
0: Phil Neville just upped the uh, up the glamour at Miami. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> All right. On the, sorry, you going to say something?
1: No, he gets more out of that relationship with Beckham than Beckham gets. I reckon.
0: Oh yeah! Absolutely! <laughs> absolutely! Right, well, we'll uh, we'll call it a day on that one. On Sunday, we're going to have on on the whistle. It's going to be Matt and Johnny,
1: and Johnny Uh, can explain why he was being why he was telling us all that Obama Yang was finished and uh, shouldn't start against Benfica.
0: He's got some explaining to do, and uh, and we might have another uh, special guest on from another podcast. I'm seeing if I can work that out as we speak. Uh, So you you know the drill. Give us a five star rating on uh, on. I don't know. I'm too tired to even remember what it's called. iTunes. I don't know what it's called these days. Uh, And share with your friends and we'll see you on Sunday. Ciao for now. Thanks for listening. sporting events exclusive originals and the latest movies this february we've got super bowl 56 the 2022 winter olympics and the peacock original bel-air plus the new movie marry me in theaters and streaming valentine's day sign up now at peacock tv.com sports social podcast network with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom